17 of The Wheel. Today, we talk about being a pagan in public. How visible are you as a pagan? Here's Jenny to talk a bit more about it. As we started exploring our Samhain season last month, I mentioned that Samhain is the time of year when people remember that they are pagan. Because it's the festival that has cross-pollinated with Halloween, it can appear to be the most visible. And we certainly see more visibility of paganism in the local and mainstream media. I don't know about you, Hazel, but I find a lot of the publicity-seeking pagans are kind of the last kind of people that you would want to be representing paganism. Yes, that's probably true. <laughs> it was actually your comment about people being more pagany at this time of the year that got me thinking about how public you are about being a pagan because with visibility there is sometimes a cost jenny and i went to Witchfest last year as we queued up with all the other pagans we were subject to a tirade by a man with a microphone who as some kind of christian thought it was his duty to save us all that's actually quite relatively mild to what's happened when the Pagan Federation had conferences there. I recall hearing about a group of Christians at one such conference and they stood outside taking photographs of people going in. And when they saw a family, they would shout at the children, your mummy and daddy are going to hell. Not everyone is as extreme as that. And we do have protection now under the 2010 Employment Act. But there is often a difference between what should happen and what does happen. On today's show, we're going to be talking more about being a visible pagan. And we're going to be joined a bit later by the Pagan Federation Advocacy Officer, Emma Hull. So to begin with, Hazel, are you a visible pagan? Who are you comfortable with knowing that you are a practicing pagan? And what were your family and friends' reactions? Um, I think I'm relatively visible, although I'm probably more visible outside work than inside. I think there's only a few people um, at work that actually know I'm a pagan. I am a regional coordinator for Pagan Federation, and I've often worn a pentacle, which I think people very rarely notice. I only tend to wear pagan-looking clothes, for want of a better phrase, such as a cloak for rituals. I don't tend to dress up very much, so I'm probably quite um, boring in that sense. I think also I see my paganism as quite personal to me, and it's not really part of my makeup to talk about something that is so personal in public. I'm more comfortable, I think, with friends knowing than some members of my family. And I have to admit, I'm a bit uncomfortable sometimes saying I'm a pagan to people I don't know. I do occasionally post pagan type items on my Facebook page, for example, but not really that often. I don't think my close family were ever particularly bothered. Maybe they thought the novelty would wear off. I do have a few um, more Christian members of my family 
and I, I suppose I just don't see the need to talk about it in a forum uh, where they are. Having said that, I've never had any actual hostile reactions. At worst, people have been a bit patronising, I suppose, or treated it as a bit of a joke. I do recall overhearing a Christian I still know telling his friend that, about me being a pagan, as if I was an exhibit in a zoo or a museum. I think probably the most unhappy experiences I've had have been with other pagans who have behaved as if they're in some kind of exclusive club. Jenny, what were your sort of experiences? Well, as you know, I got into paganism in my mid-twenties and I think that I've always been quite open. It never really occurred to me that it was something that you would need to be particularly circumspect with. Paganism is part of my life and it has been for 20 odd years now. So when I look back on starting out, I was part of a small women's circle and I was approached to join by a lady. Seeing as I was wearing a small pentacle, she asked if I would like to join her teaching circle. As I progress, I have gravitated to taking quite visible roles. I stepped up to taking the facilitator role in the Kent Goddess Group and Folks in Red Tent. And I volunteered for the Pagan Federation as the Deputy Disabilities Manager and the Disabilities Liaison Officer for the South East. And as part of that role, I started doing um, videos for the community team's um, online events. So I think I'm fairly comfortable with people knowing that I'm a pagan. And I don't think it's necessarily the first thing that I tell people. And I don't run around with a pentacle the size of a dustbin lid. I've always been a spiritual person and I attract spiritual people in my life. And we have lots of conversations about belief and spirituality. Lots of my friends are pagan and my family aren't particularly religious. Though my mum always said if she did have a faith, she'd probably identify as pagan as you can see the majesty and miracles of nature all around you. And in terms of negative reactions, again, interestingly, the majority of poor reactions have been from other pagans. Occasionally a group will schism, and I think that's when witch wars or bitchcraft <laughs> is probably a topic that uh, deserves a show all to itself. However, I did have one negative event. It was an episode at work in the early noughties when I was working on a project alongside a Christian organisation and two of their members of staff refused to come out on a Christmas meal and break bread with me. Another colleague from the project brought the issue to me as they felt uncomfortable and I asked for a sit-down meeting so that we could explore the issue and the two individuals decided to resign. It wasn't really an issue that I needed help to resolve as they walked with their feet. And I'm lucky that I've always been able to be open in work. Most of my career has been in informal education and we were really committed to celebrating diversity. So for example, we would highlight and celebrate all of the winter festivals. So it sounds like you've had relatively easy time being out as a pagan. But of course, it's not always so easy for others. 
historically some pagan traditions have been closed and hidden do you think it's necessary to be a visible pagan what would you say to people if they want to be more out there or open well part of researching this topic i discovered that there was an international pagan coming out day that's on the 2nd of may and this is genuinely the first time that i'd heard of it initially i was not so sure what to make of it do we need a pagan coming out day the first article that i saw was written in 2011 so i'm not sure how relevant it still is and perhaps in the uk where we generally have a relatively secular society and tend to be quite inclusive my process of disclosing my pagan path was quite gradual i got myself embedded in a path telling people evolved organically and I think that I would have been comfortable tackling any direct or indirect discrimination quite on head on. I came to paganism a little older and more confident in knowing when and how to disclose personal information. But as I sat and thought about it, I think that it's a good idea so we can open up the discussion around paganism and inclusion. Looking at the literature of the IPCOD, they're based in Minnesota and have produced some great resources that identify some of the benefits and risks of coming out. And for me, I think the big, biggest benefit of being a visible pagan is that it gives you the opportunity to share your experience and educate others. There are still a lot of myths and misinformation about paganism out there. I suppose the biggest risk is that not everyone will be understanding and accepting. When I shared my experience of discrimination in the workplace, I was really quite hurt by one of the individual's reactions because I had considered him to be a friend. And even though I knew that we were coming from differing faith perspectives, I thought that we were coming from a place where we could respect each other's opinions and differences. And I think if I'm going to give a tip, it would be go slowly. Maybe tell someone you trust and see what their reaction is. Look for allies and maybe wait until you are mentally and emotionally prepared to respond to less than positive interactions. And I don't think there is anyone that should feel that they need to make a disclosure about their faith or belief. I think that possibly the benefits outweigh the risks or maybe I've just been fortunate. So Hazel, what do you think? Had you heard of the Pagan Coming Out Day? Do you think it's a good idea? And what do you see as the benefits, risks and tips? No, I hadn't heard of it. Um, I knew that in this country we've had the Pagan Pride events. Sadly, they came to an end last year, I think. To be honest, I've never felt the need to go to that sort of event. Although I suppose thinking about it, maybe I should have. I suppose I've never felt the need to make a big coming out of a pagan because for me it's just part of everyday life it's what I am you know um you don't feel the need to come out because you breathe if that makes sense I think the benefit of being open about your paganism is that having to hide such a major part of your life 
can be quite a sad way to live. You should be able to be open with your friends. I think as well in being open means you get the chance to meet more like-minded people if you go to meetups and festivals. And of course, we now have Facebook. So Facebook and all the other social media makes it much easier to meet other pagans. I suppose the risks are that you might meet with discrimination or rejection. There are people out there who are not tolerant of other people's beliefs. But if someone can't accept you for who you are, then really they're not worth knowing. I think in terms of tips, if you actually feel more comfortable keeping the fact that you're a pagan private, then do that. But if you are out there, do know that there are laws to protect you against discrimination. And there are now a lot of resources of help available if you do need them. So moving on to our Ask a Path segment, today we are joined by Emma Hull, who is Pagan Federation Advocacy Officer. Thanks very much for coming on to the show, Emma. It's very kind of you, um, particularly to discuss your work with the PF. I wondered initially, though, if you could tell us a little bit more about your own pagan path. Thanks, Hazel. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so my path itself is a combination of druidry and traditional witchcraft. A um, number of years ago now, and I think it must be 10 years ago, um, I was looking into paganism. And actually, my first the first place of looking was Wicca because that was what was obviously available. Um, and when I was reading, I was, you know, when you think, oh, this doesn't really sound like me. Um, I don't really fit this. And just by chance, I stumbled across Druidry. And you know that moment when you read something and you think, oh my goodness, that's me. Mm. And it has a name. <laughs> that, that, so that, that's how I found my path 10 years ago. Since then, I've met lots of interesting people. Um, and obviously, the beauty, particularly, I think, of living in 2020 is that we have the internet, we can research things, we can meet different people and learn new things. Um, and obviously, that those people have shaped me on my way. Um, and, and that, I think, brings in the, the traditional witchcraft mix that's thrown in there. And I really have to thank, and there are a few people that I do really have to thank for that. Um, but that has formed my path. And when people ask me, you know, what do I do? What should I do? And it, it's always like, no, it's your path. This is your experience. This is what you feel and you believe, not what I've experienced and what I believe. And I think that's quite radical for people, particularly when you've been um, in a traditional religion like, say, Church of England, where you've been told what to think and what to read. So it's quite you know, revolutionary. Oh my goodness, I, I get to choose what I believe and what I do. How long have you been in the role and how long has advocacy been a part of the Pagan Federation remit? So I've been in the role two years. I actually don't know how long advocacy has been part of the PF's remit. Um, I had a conversation um, with some colleagues the other night and we got as far back as 10 years but we couldn't go any further so at least 10 years is the uh, is the answer that I can give <laughs> knowing it to be true um, but I can't honestly say exactly how long. Mm -hmm. Advocacy is an incredibly useful 
um, I think a service of the Pagan Federation because it's available for everybody. Um, it doesn't have to be within a particular area. It, advocacy is purely putting somebody else's voice across for them. Without specifics, what sort of advocacy issues frequently occur? Okay, so we get quite a broad range, but mostly we've seen things within family law. My background is family law, so that's always very helpful. Those things quite frequently are things like um, child arrangements um, and one party is using the other party's paganism against them. Um, I've seen it in care proceedings where paganism has been used um, as a concern by a local authority and also in divorce proceedings where actually somebody's belief system has been used against them for a reason for divorce. Um, I also see quite regularly discrimination quite often in employment and we do get some occasional unusual disputes, things like I've had a land dispute, um, but the majority is discrimination and actually family court stuff. So following up in what you said there, in terms of inclusion and challenging faith discrimination, what changes have you seen in advocacy? And is there any particular issues that you've worked on that you feel are quite pivotal? Yeah, I mean, this year has been quite a big year um, for Advocacy Federation. Um, I'm very, very lucky that my background is family law and I was well placed to be able to liaise with CAFCAS, who, if you've if you've had any dealings with the family court, you know that CAFCAS are the, basically the advisory service and they almost direct the court as to how to proceed within within any any matter. And because we were seeing so many cases where people's beliefs were being used against them, I contacted CAFCAS and said, look, can we have a, a conversation about this? Because, um, you know, not every CAFCAS officer in the country is going to know about paganism and understand it. Um, so having made initial inroads, I was very, very lucky that um, I, I got to have a conversation with management. And eventually they agreed that they would pass the Pagan Federation's information and details, including my contact details, to every diversity and inclusion officer within CAFCAS, which should mean that people who um, align as pagan have a much easier time in the family court if their belief system is used against them. And that one I, I was particularly you know, pleased with because that really could make a huge difference for people. The other thing you may have heard of is the ICSA inquiry, which is the independent inquiry into child sex abuse, um, which was heard in London and has been ongoing. We were involved in the religious organisations um, investigation, along with pretty much any large religious organisation within England and Wales. Um, and what they were looking for is um, to address concerns that some organisations had failed and were continuing, continuing to fail to protect children from sexual abuse. We were um, very lucky, really, that because of the way paganism works, because the Pagan Federation don't run any particular moot themselves, it's all run by volunteers outside of the organisation, we weren't um, particularly in a position where we might expose our own volunteers to children. It also helps that um, at Moots, 
generally if children come it's with an adult it's usually seen that no under 18s or no under 16s can attend um, so again, that reduced the, the risk around the Pagan Federation. We then submitted all our safeguarding documents and there were no concerns in relation to our safeguarding. And we got a very easy ride. Um, we, we basically participated, provided all the information we were, were asked to. Whereas some organisations found it much, much harder because there was heavy criticism and allegations levelled against them. I don't have the outcome of that yet. We are looking at August as the date where a full report will be released. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll be able to make that report available to anybody who's interested. Um, I can't, I'm not going to even um, attempt to tell you what the outcome is going to be, but I can tell you that there are organisations where there are very serious concerns and, and we are not one of them. So it sounds really quite good that... It sounds like the PF, to a degree, had already preempted the response that this would bring. So, well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Are there any paths that have particular issues arise that are specific um, to there, them? There is one we see quite a lot, and that is um, heathens and beards. We are often contacted about discrimination in the workplace on the basis that an employee is not allowed a beard. And I always feel really, really bad because I know people are really hopeful when they contact me. Um, but this is the one where I have to say I'm really sorry. There is absolutely no historic text or theological argument I can give you that says heathens have to have beards. In fact, historical text dis describes people as either being clean shaven having beards, having no beard and a moustache only. I mean, there is a whole list of different descriptions. So there isn't anything supporting um, that the fact that heathenry, heathen should have a beard. Um, and I always say I feel really bad and I want to help people. But on that case, I have to be honest and say I re we really can't help with this. It's not discriminatory. So... The last question that I had for you was, can non-PF members get help? I mean, obviously, we would encourage people to sign up to join the PF to support the work we're doing. But do you have to be a member? No, not at all. Um, anybody who identifies as pagan can contact us for support. Um, and we have a number of channels available to do that. Obviously, you can go through regional coordinators, district managers, anybody you happen to know who is within the PF, and they will pass any concerns to me um, and I can deal with them. Obviously, being a member really helps because it supports us in the work we're doing. But it isn't a necessity to, uh, to approach us for help. I understand you can help with disputes um, with education authorities. Is that the case as well? We can. Yeah, absolutely, we can. And we can also um, appear as professional witnesses within court as well, like you've just talked about. Within education, uh, what, we, what we work on, again, is discrimination. So, for example, when a Christian is allowed time off for, say, Christmas, we and Muslims are allowed time off, say, at their 
um, celebrations like Eid, um, it's unfair then that a pagan child is not allowed to spend time on their holidays. However, we have to work sensibly. Uh, you know, if somebody's coming up with all sorts of reasons for their child not to be at school, that's not acceptable. It has to be for good reason. And it, we have to be able to support that, you know, and verify it. We can't just say, oh, well, you know, they're a pagan family and they want time off to do X, Y and Z. It can't be like that. You know, what I would recommend is that you work with the school and the local education authority first before it becomes into a dispute because sometimes they can be understanding and we all know sometimes they can't you know there are some schools and some heads who are really opposed to taking children out of school in term time and some who are slightly more understanding. So if anybody has um, enjoyed finding out a little bit more about the Pagan Federation how could they join up as a member? So you can go to our website, paganfederation.co.uk. So if you go to the Pagan Federation website, you look under membership, you can join there. Or alternatively, again, get in contact with somebody that you know within the Pagan Federation. We will happily supply you a link. Current membership um, for an individual is only £20. And for that £20, you get a copy of Pagan Dawn magazine. Again, you get access to all of our services and cheaper tickets to any Pagan Federation event as well. So you get an awful lot of bang for your buck. You kind of do, really, for as little as £20 a year. So, Emma, are there any particular books that you would recommend to people um, on their partic- that would help them in their particular path in Paganism? Yeah, um, the two, there's two that really I would like to recommend. One of them is an old favourite, The Druid Way Made Easy by Graham Tallboys. It's a fantastic book. It's really, really straightforward to read. It explains so many things so easily. It's a nice starter book. Obviously, it may feel like preaching to the converted for people who are experienced Druids, but for those at the very beginning of their path, I'd highly recommend that book. Um, The next book I'd like to recommend deals with traditional witchcraft and that's The Crooked Path by Keldon. And again, this is a this is one I really, really rate and would encourage people to read, even if your path isn't traditional witchcraft. I think it it raises some interesting points that you can certainly learn from and you could include on pretty much any path. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you, Emma. We really appreciate you spending your time um, with us and giving your insights. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. We are always on the lookout for speakers to come and share a little about their pagan paths and practices. Please do contact us if you'd like to be included in future episodes of the show, either as a guest or send us something to share. And it's goodbye from me. There's some links in the show notes, as well as some links to other resources that explore International Pagan Coming Out Day and details for Pagan Federation advocacy. Please follow us on our various social media sites and pop on over and we can open up a discussion about being a visible pagan, whether there is a need for a coming out day and experiences of direct or indirect discrimination. As goodbye from me. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you next time.